The New York Giants preseason is over. So what have we learned and who helped or hurt themselves ahead of roster cut down date? Former NFL scout David Turner and I will discuss all that coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to a weekend edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. My name is Patricia Trainer, and we are coming to you after the New York Giants have concluded their 2023 preseason. They lost to the Jets 32-24, but it's not about the score so much as it is about who helped themselves and who didn't help themselves as over the next 24 to 48 hours, we're going to find out exactly who helped themselves and who didn't. And here to help me break it all down is David Turner, former NFL scout, personnel guy. David, first off, welcome. Thank you for, for hopping on with me uh, this late at night. I know it's it, for me, it's a quarter to 12, but we got to get this done. We got to get this out of the way because there's a lot to talk about. No, absolutely. I mean, I'm not here on the West Coast, so a lot easier for me to jump on this time of night. So I feel for you. I'll try not to ramble on too much. <laughs> well, actually, it wasn't too bad tonight because it was a six o'clock kickoff. We got done by what ten o'clock, and I was home by eleven thirty, eleven o'clock. So not too bad overall. So anyway, David, I'll let's be talk. My eyelids by the time it hits ten o'clock out here on the West Coast. <laughs> oh goodness, David, let's talk about. Um, some of what we saw tonight. I think we've got to start with Isaiah Simmons. And folks, just to, just a you know, an FYI, David and I are actually going to be doing a film breakdown on Isaiah Simmons later in the week. That's going to be for our subtext subscribers. So if you want information on subtext, um, that's in our show notes, but uh, we're going to be doing a film breakdown once we, we get our hands on the all 22 film and just take a look at, at uh, you know, what, Simmons did, but David, based on what you saw from Simmons and, and how he was deployed, what were your thoughts? Well, again, I know Isaiah very well because he obviously played out here in Arizona before he got traded there. So I saw the kind of, you know, they didn't know what to do with him for years. And I was always kind of like, what are, where are they going to play him? How are they going to play him? But Wink is the Wink's the perfect player uh, person to have this as, uh, as a player because he's kind of reminds Isaiah Tom, uh, Reminds me of a player we had in Oakland a little bit in Thomas Howard. So Thomas Howard was a player that, you know, was very fast, very big, physical. Um, we never tried to play him at safety or anything, but we did, you know, rush him, use him as a, a will linebacker. And I think that will be kind of his niche here in Wink's defense will be inside, outside player, depending on who they're playing, because he, he covers well. I mean, the kid can cover. He can cover running backs. Um, he absolutely can cover tight ends. But his you saw tonight, his niche is going forward and the pass rush. So blitzing him, bringing him from all different places, whether it's from the middle of the field or on the off the edge, this is a kid that in Wink's defense will fill a lot of gaps. And uh, I wouldn't say gaps. I wouldn't say gaps. Let me say he'll add a niche to this defense that we were already excited about that, you know, I think it's going to keep a lot of people on their heels. Yeah, you know, one of the concerns I know I had was about the pass rusher depth. And it seems like Simmons is a guy that can fill 
or satisfy some of that, you know, not really a box linebacker safety or whatnot, you know, although he did have one drop back in coverage. And, you know, again, when we get to the film, when we get the all 22, we'll take a look at that in a little bit more detail. But were you surprised that, that they threw him in there so quickly? I mean, he just got to East Rutherford really yesterday on Friday and here he was on Saturday playing. I mean, I know it was a vanilla concept and everything like that, but were you kind of surprised to see him so quickly? Not at this stage in the preseason. I mean, it's like he's been in camp, so he's in shape. They just wanted to move him around a little bit, see what he did out there, um, just kind of get a feel for what, you know, they only asked him, I think he, he, what, he had played eight, nine plays, something like that. So, you know, they just wanted to move him around a little bit, see what he looked like on the field, you know, and they didn't have time to do it in a practice. So here, here's the game. They can move him around, do a little bit. And, again, they saw his rush ability. They dropped him in coverage, saw his athletic ability. Um, you're going to see his speed. Um, he definitely has that. So, you know, again, for for what I know working with Wink and that Thomas Howard mold and stuff, Isaiah Simmons to me is that kind of player, and he's going to fit really well into this defense. Um, you're not going to know where he's coming from or if he's going to drop or if he's going to cover or if he's going to come, you know. So I think people who count on Isaiah Simmons coming every play, that's going to be awesome because that'll get us one-on-ones other places, right? Um, so, but I know this kid is such an athlete watching him out here in, in Arizona um, for the last couple of years. Wink's going to be able to do a lot with him. For sure, for sure. And we'll see, of course, what the plans are for him, you know, in the coming, you know, in the next couple of weeks, obviously, you know, as they get ready for Dallas, now the game planning starts, you know, David, one other guy I want to ask you about, cause I, I thought, you know, he, this kid's going to make the, the team obviously, but I thought he was pretty impressive. Jalen Hyatt going up against sauce Gardner. I thought that kid held his own against sauce Gardner. Who's, you know, if not the best, one of the best cornerbacks in the NFL, what did you see from Jalen Hyatt? Well, you saw his speed and how his speed threatened Sauce. You know, he stirred Sauce up a little bit because even on that one pass uh, breakup that Sauce got on on, uh, Hyatt, he had to grab him. He grabbed him right on the chest and pulled him back. So he had to use his length and his strength to wheel in the kid because his speed was a threat. So I think Hyatt, his speed is going to be a threat. Um, As his route running develops, then he'll become more of a, a pass receiving threat. But initially, the stretch of the field type uh, player that he is, it's going to really press a lot of corners, and there's going to be mismatches. You know, you putting his speed and then Darren Waller's size on the field together, that really gives this element of, um, you know, a side speed that we've not had in a long time at the Giants. So, I, you know, it, get, it gets me all excited. And I'm sure we'll go different ways with this. But for me, uh, Hyatt, tonight, you saw the speed. And that pressing the corners, even a corner like Sauce, that's usually very comfortable in the back end. Um, he had to reach out and grab them to reel them in. And of course, you know Hyatt unfortunately didn't have a uh, a reception. He went zero for one. But just a simple fact that this kid is so sophisticated at this stage. I mean, is that unusual to see? A rookie, you know, especially a rookie who was kind of limited in what he was asked to do in college, to see him just, you know, all of a sudden his game is blossoming before our very eyes. I mean, is that unusual in your experience? Well, here's the thing, and I've, I've experienced this in a few players. 
the the college system he played in what didn't ask him to do a lot but didn't mean he couldn't do a lot so you know a lot of people when revis was coming out of college said he was just his own corner because that's all they really did at pittsburgh was play his own and then when you saw a lot of the workout you're like wow this kid's got some traits he could do man on man he could do this and that and then here comes revis island right so i mean there there's always been these players who operate inside their system that they're asked to in college and they're very good at what they're doing but then they sprout and they you know they really blossom when they get to the pros because you know a pro coordinator and skills position player or coach will be able to um, develop them quickly and really um, help them get to where they need to go quickly and this is just a kid I think he's a sponge he grew. He showed up. He he just absorbed everything. He's latched on to the quarterbacks, from what I understand, and really talks through game plans and listens in and everything. So I think you just got a kid who you know was asked to do a limited amount of things in college, so he did those very well. And then boom, now that people are like, "Hey, could you do?" and he's like, "Oh yeah, I could do that." No one's just ever asked me to do that before, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And so we're seeing him blossoming. He his. The route running needs to mature a little bit. Like I said, he's still got some lean to him. He still has to learn how to sit in the chair before he cuts and make sure that he really gets people off off center. Um, but, you know, at his speed, you know, he can still have a little lean and just blow past people. As he as he gets year two, year three, that, that route running needs to mature because people will adjust to his speed. But year, especially the first six weeks here, people haven't seen the speed yet. So now – and he'll catch them off guard. For sure, for sure. All right, coming up next, we're going to talk about some guys who help themselves and some guys who hurt themselves for roster spots. Don't go anywhere. Giant fans, we'll be right back. Hey, Giant fans, football season is about to kick off, and FanDuel is giving you the chance to win all season long. Because right now, when you bet on a Super Bowl winner, you get bonus bets every time they win in the regular season. Just pick any team to win the Super Bowl, and you'll get bonus bets for every victory. You can use your bonus bets on spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. So visit FanDuel.com slash on and start earning bonus bets with America's number one sports book. That's FanDuel.com slash Locked On. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. You got Patricia Chena here, P-Train, and I'm joined by David Turner, former P-train. NFL. Yeah, P-Train. That, everybody seems to like that nickname for me, so I'm trying it out. You know, I'm not really one for nicknames, but if you like it. Wear you know, it. Let what, it go. You need to say, instead of it saying Giant Country back there, you need to say the P-Train. <laughs> I might have a, a logo design for that. Actually, I haven't moved that out. But anyway, no, I don't want to get too too far ahead. I'm not I'm not an ego driven person. But anyway, um, <laughs> Giant fans, we're t- we're breaking down. Um, not so much the Giants Jet game. I mean, yes, it it, it you know it's going to factor into who makes the roster, who doesn't. There were a lot of injuries um, certainly that popped up. But before we get to all that, David, having watched the game. Where are your biggest concerns right now as far as, you know, guys who hurt themselves and maybe are leaving the Giants a little? And I know where you're going because you're smiling. (laughs) I know exactly where you're going with this. Um, As far as leaving the Giants, maybe a little thin at certain positions. Okay, here we go. Brace yourselves, people. I don't know if it's thin or soft. Um, (laughs) The player that name will not be mentioned, number 74. Um, is just soft and you know, I'm sorry. 
I was watching. I I have to stomach the call on the TV version, and they were loving him up, and they were just trying to say like, "Oh, look at his run blocking. That'll save him." And this and that. And he was just a swinging gate out there at left tackle all game long, and he's been a swinging gate since he's come in the league. So he's a big, good-looking young man. He's got a lot of physical gifts, but he just hasn't put them together yet. And so the biggest red flag for me going into this season is the third tackle spot. It really is because I don't see us on the roster right now having a third tackle, and there's not going to be a third tackle released. Like, that's just not – when you have good offensive linemen, especially tackles, you'll keep three or four on your roster. So what's going to be released isn't going to be something that you're going to be able to go shopping for and pick up. Will they trade for one maybe? Okay. But who else are you going to trade? How? What picks are you going to trade to get it? Like, what's it going to value and where are you going to be? How are you going to address it? Because it's definitely not 74. He's just not going to get it done. So – and I didn't see any of the other young tackles really make an impression on me that say they would get it done either in a pinch. So that that's my that's my biggest red flag right now. I like what I saw interiorly today. Mm. Interiorly, I think we're starting to see that sort itself out. Um, Josh Uzuru, is that how you Uzuru, say it? Yep, Uzuru. He, he looked like a lost child out there. So I, I I really struggled with him. They let him play a little bit, and then they pulled him out. I don't know if it was just that the the, the group wasn't his group, so he was kind of lost in translation there. Um, and that happens. Like, folks, you got to understand, when you're evaluating offensive line, they get used to their group, and they know how the guy next to him plays. So, you know, they might look like a fish out of water, when they're not next to the guys they're used to. I mean, that's really a ballet in there. It's a very physical ballet, but it's a very well-tuned ballet in in the inside of the offensive line. So once your guy's gone, you know, it takes a game or two to figure it out, and it it really is a quick action game in there. So I don't want to come too hard on him, but today I just thought he looked a little lost. He didn't look natural in there like – you know, I think was it last week we really liked what we saw from him. So, you know, I don't want to kill him too much. But I did love seeing that um, Sean Harlow, 65, did a really good job at center. He played a lot of it today, this, this this evening. I really enjoyed watching him. His communication with the guys seemed good. The, you know, a lot of the calls seemed right. They were picking up the blitzes for the most part. They had I had a count of five blitzes that got mis, mishandled. But two of them were on tackles that didn't pinch. So, you know, that's hard. Um, I thought uh, Shane Lemieux played a lot better at right guard than he did at left guard. When they moved him over to left, I thought we saw some flaws in his game. When he was playing right guard, though, I saw a lot of things I liked. So, for me, Lemieux really helped himself today. I really thought he helped himself. And then also uh, Marcus McKeithen, yeah, number 60, played left guard really well today. That's the only spot I saw him, and maybe I missed him playing somewhere else, but I I only noticed him at left guard. When when we had those three, 65, 66, and 60 playing together, the inside did a really nice job. 
They worked well passing off, double teaming, calls were clean. The game was coming really nice. We weren't getting push up the middle. Those three worked really well tonight together. So I thought I thought all three of those guys helped themselves today. What about on defense? Who who do you think really helped themselves? I know you mentioned Carter Coughlin, who's really been playing well all, all summer long. So he was definitely one. Who else did you think helped themselves on defense? Well, again, um, Riley, Jordan Riley, 95, showed up really strong for the third game in a row. Played early in the game, but he, he was hustling. He was showing his strength, showed his length. Um, I don't think he was as disruptive, but you know what? This young man played a lot of reps tonight, and he he did really well. Um, and like you said, 52 did extremely well to me. Carter Coughlin, I thought he did really well tonight as well. He was attacking downhill. Seemed like the game slowed down for him from week one to week three here. He was penetrating tackles for loss. He was seeing the game really naturally, and I love to see his reaction skills and everything coming downhill. So for me, I got all excited about Carter Coughlin because I wanted the young man to make the team because I know what he can do on special teams, but it's also a question mark when you're not playing from the line of scrimmage is great. Tonight, he he really showed out. He showed the coaches he wanted to be on this team. Yeah, for sure. I mean, anybody else stand out to you, whether it be on specials or anything like that, or or somebody we missed on offense? Oh, well, on Sills, I mean, Sills did everything he could to make the team tonight. <laughs> like, the kid was on – he was the he was a, a vice on the special teams. He was running down on a kickoff, I think, a couple times. He was catching balls. He was blocking you know, out there on the edge. So everything Sills could do, he did tonight to say, I want to be on this team. Will the numbers work out in his favor? He's probably going to be a practice squad kid, you know, at the end of the day, because I don't know if the numbers, when I look at them, work out in his favor. But he did everything to make sure he had a, a role on this team and to let the coaching staff know, if you call on me, I'm going to be there for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, the ones that on offense, on offense that I, I mean, I'm still loving Gray. I mean, Eric Gray, come on, guys. Like, let's be honest. Like, the kid's catching punts. He's running hard. He's downhill. I mean, this is a kid who, you know, on that pat was that outside runner as a pass uh, he caught made made that guy miss uh, with that little stutter step move. I mean, his close quarter quickness is is ridiculous. I mean, it's not like you know. It's not like Barry Sanders. Don't get me wrong. I'm not overhyping the kid. But, I mean, it's really a good thing. It's not rare, but it's so good, his close quarter quickness. So, for me, I just – I love this kid. I think he's going to wind up being a really good player. I And, again, that running back room, the decision got harder tonight because James Robinson decided to show out. You know, James Robinson decided to show up and show why he, you know, had that season he had with Jacksonville as an undrafted rookie a few years back. So, I mean, I think in that, that room, there's – and what I love about this roster, in areas there are some tough decisions, and running back room is going to be a tough decision mm-hmm. room because Gray and Robinson have made it that way. You know, I, mm-hmm. I mean, they really have. They, those two guys have made it that way. I think the tight end room is pretty set, but I think Ryan Jones showed his blocking skills tonight, showed his toughness, and willing to get his nose dirty – uh, I mean, this kid caught a ball and he did some things in that run game that, 
you know, the commentators on TV were giving Parrot credit for. Oh, I'm sorry, the player whose name shall not be named. Um, <laughs> credit for, but it was Jones making some really good blocks. So, you know, uh, I, I think I text you about him during the game too. Yeah. So, you know, for me, I think there were some definite guys that helped themselves tonight. And if they didn't help themselves on this team, they helped themselves on other teams. All right. Now, there were some injuries that I think are going to affect what the coaches may or may not be able to do. So we're going to talk about those right after this. Hey, Giant fans, if you want to secure tickets to your favorite concert shows and sporting events without the stress, then you need to check out Game Time, the fast and easy way to buy tickets right up until the day of the event. With amazing deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you're going to have. With Game Time, you not only get the lowest prices guaranteed, you also get to see exactly where you're going to be sitting based on the tickets you select. And you also get event cancellation protection. And if you find tickets in the same section and row for less elsewhere, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. So go ahead and snag the tickets without the stress with Game Time. Download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code LOCKEDONNFL for $20 off your first purchase. Last-minute tickets, lowest prices guaranteed. Terms apply. Again, that code is locked on NFL for $20 off. All right, everybody, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. You got Patricia Train on the P Train and David Turner in the D Train. <laughs> and we're breaking down the New York Giants preseason. I mean, it's over now. Now, in the next 24 to 48 hours, we're going to find out who makes the team, who doesn't. And, David, there were some injuries, a lot of injuries actually tonight. Um, that I think may or may not affect how the roster decisions um, go. So let me just quick run down um, the injuries. Let's see. We had um, Bobby McCain, safety, suffered a cut concussion. Um, cornerback Zion Gilbert had a hamstring. Receiver Bryce Ford Wheaton, a knee injury. That was a big one. Chris Myrick, tight end, has a broken hand. Interior offensive lineman Wyatt Davis has a high ankle sprain. And let me see, was there one more? I think there might have been one more. Let me see if there was one more. I'm thinking there was. Um, let me just see real quick. I'm thinking there was one more. Let me see. Let me see. Or maybe not. Colin Johnson was played the game. DJ Davidson didn't. Uh, Javon Green ruled out with a shoulder injury. Defensive back Javarius Owens declared out with a hamstring injury. All right, so look, it sounds like the defensive secondary got hit. You know, McCain, Owens, and, and you know. So that being said, what what do you you know? How do you see that defensive backfield kind of shaping up as far as maybe guys who maybe weren't going to make the roster, but you know maybe now they have a chance. And I know you know we don't know the severity of the injuries, but from your experience as a personnel guy, how do you kind of factor that into the equation? not knowing what a guy's going to be, you know, where a guy's going to be in a couple of weeks. It's really not about a couple of weeks. It's really just about tomorrow. Um, you know, you got to know where these guys are come Monday after the, you know, after injuries and x-rays and everything happened, MRIs happen tomorrow and everything. You just got to know how it shakes out and the decisions are hard. Um, I've looked hundreds of players in the face and taken their opportunities away from them. 
Um, it just is what it is in a salary cap roster limit era. You know, there's just so many room for so many people. Um, so you can't save everybody, right? And they know that. That's a, that's the job they've chosen to be part of and the career and the line they want to do. So um, it, it is what it is. But the back end, I think we're shopping. If you want to ask me, we're shopping for the back end. We're seeing if maybe there's another, you know, somebody else gets cut who might be on a different team that's a little deeper and um, bring them in and see what they can do. Uh, give them that 53rd or 52nd man roster spot for, you know, four weeks and see what they can do when they get to our place. Um, I thought Green and Evans really hurt themselves tonight. They had plenty of play time, plenty of opportunity. And even the pass, I mean, the touchdown, come on, Green, that was an incredible pass. Like, I'm not going to kill you on that. But there were other plays tonight that he should have made that he didn't make, especially open field tackles. He looked like a tin man coming downhill. So, I mean, you can't have that because those fifth, sixth man uh, in your secondary need to be able to make those tackles on special teams. And if he should, and that's what, to me, where he killed himself tonight was that those open field tackles, he missed not one, but two or three of them. Um, you know, and then for, for me, Evans, while he's long and he's got a lot of, uh, you know, good physical traits, I just didn't see the game come together for him tonight. So I thought he hurt himself as well. So for me, you know, I'm I'm not saying this in the press if I'm in the room, right? But for me in the room, I'm saying, look, guys, uh, what other teams have our scouts looked at uh, that have depth at corner, that have depth at safety, that maybe we want to bring in, you know, one of each or two corners or something, you know, that are better than what we have right now. And let's just let's just look. You know, it doesn't hurt to look. It's like going to a car dealership, not going to buy anything, right? Mm -hmm. But just going to go kick the tires a little bit and look. Um, So, in me, the secondary with the injuries, compound with how the players who did play tonight played, I'm looking, you know. And that's, that's the thing that these players need to understand. Like, you had an opportunity to go out there and play a solid game. You asked for the opportunity to play. Okay, here it is. Go line up and play. Well, now that you did... You gave me feedback on your play that I'm I'm looking, and if right. you want to know why I'm looking, go watch the tape. Mm. Yeah, for sure. Now, what about at receiver? Because I think a lot of us thought Bryce Ford Wheaton might make it based on his special teams ability alone. He's got a knee injury. We don't know the severity of it or the nature of it. You know, Cole Beasley didn't play. Shep played a little bit tonight. I don't think they're going to keep both Beasley and Shepard. I, I, I'd be surprised there. But if that injury for, for Bryce Ford Wheaton is significant, does that open the door for David Sills? Or, or you know, do they just how, – how do they approach that, that uh, position? Well, historically, we keep – you know, like five on the roster and then two or or three on the practice squad. That's historic, okay? Um, how they're going to cut this cheese, I think they're going to keep at least five on the roster because if you look at it, you got Hodgins, Slayton, Campbell, and Hyatt. Right off the bat, those four are making the roster, okay? Mm-hmm. Now, like you said, is the fifth one Shepard? Is the fifth one Beasley? 
yeah, you know, Rondell, uh, Wondell Robinson is going to start the year on pub. So you don't have to worry about that. You got him secure there to come off pub when they can. Um, and then, like you said, I think Sills goes to practice because, again, it's a, he's somebody you can get through waivers. I don't think anybody's coming looking for Sills right away. If you get rid of a Shep or a Beasley, you know, someone might call him up. Hey, we, we, you know, like the Broncos right now, they're, they're hurting for receiver. So would they call one of those guys? Yeah, they might because that, you know, Sean Payton's offense is pretty easy to pick up and, you know, he's outside a couple of starting receivers right now. So that those kind of decisions start coming into play is who's lost, who, what, what can we make sure we get through waivers, keep, you know, how many of these pieces can we keep on our roster? So for me, you know, if you put a Shep out there, if you put a Beasley out there, they're, they're, they might not be there come uh, week two of the NFL season. Yeah, but I'd be surprised if Shep goes anywhere because they're vested veterans, so they could easily tell them, say no. It's not like they're going to hit the waiver wire, though. No, but I'm just saying, like, if the Broncos were to call them right now and be like, hey, I got to start in spot. You just got cut. You know, get out here. You got you got 14 days to learn the offense. Um, basically, you know, a guy like Shep, how could he turn that down? Right. A guy like Beasley, how can he turn that down? I mean, they lost Jerry Judy and they lost Turner and Judy's a hamstring. They don't know when he's coming back. So and then they had a, another guy go out and retire this week. I can't remember one of their guys went and retired this week. So just just like that, it's like, you know, if they're shopping for receiver hard right now. And I know George Payton from Miami days. Right. So George is working that wire. He's doing the math on every roster right now. And he's he's got to have those two guys, you know, circled on our roster saying hey one of these two are probably going to be available hey coach Payton does either of them fit your your system if they do become available and then you know if they do see the name on the cut list they're going to pick up the phone yeah and that's I mean, all that, that's just how we're doing the math right yeah, now as we're seeing yeah. the late night meetings tonight you know we're getting those feedbacks from our coaches or we're getting everything and then we're taking it digesting and cooking it up trying to see what other ingredients we need to go pull from rosters. Cause there's going to be over a thousand guys that lose their jobs here in the next 48 hours. So out of those thousand, so players who can we use and who might be better than what we got? Yeah. A lot of decisions need to be made. Going to be interesting for sure. I know I'm going to try my hand at revising my roster projection, which I'll post over on giants country. So We'll see. It's going to be tough, though, not knowing the nature of the injuries. That's that's the challenge. Uh, it for is. Me, but, yeah, um, absolutely. And tonight, but, having so many, like you said, it, it throws a big, uh, a big question mark in the stoop. Yeah, it definitely does. All right, that's going to do it for this edition of the Locked On Giants podcast, Giant fans. So I want to thank you for tuning in. Don't forget, subtexters. Where David Turner and I are going to be breaking down Isaiah Simmons's film. We're going to do that a little later this week once we get the all 22 and have a chance to really scrutinize it. So you will want to check out that feature. Um, if you are not a member of the subtext community, information on how to join is available in the show notes. Give us a try. It's free for 14 days. And if you like it, do nothing. It's $4.99 a month after. If you don't like it, just cancel and you don't owe a thing. So just check us out. We have plenty of other stuff. I'm also going to be doing the Q&A video for the subtexters. So that's coming uh, oh, tomorrow probably. And uh, so we'll see you tomorrow, Giant fans. Tomorrow we're going to have our roster prediction show. 
um, probably after we hear from Brian Dable, who's scheduled to speak at around 1.15. So we're going to do a roster prediction show, and then we're going to roll right into the new week with plenty of stuff here on the Lockdown Giants podcast. So for David Turner, I'm Patricia Trena. Have a good night, Giant fans. We'll see you tomorrow.